You're a nigga though. I like your style, son. Thank you for tuning in to Soul for Thoughts Podcast, a weekly podcast where we discuss topics from music, politics, relationships, to issues that affect our black community. A very entertaining podcast. You won't be disappointed. Welcome, and thank you for tuning in to Soul for Thoughts Podcast. A podcast where the discussion will rock your soul. It's uncensored and no topic is off limits. Subject matters may be provocative and just downright offensive, but shit, at the end of the day, hey, we're just gonna tell it like it is. I was born by the river in a little tent. Oh, and just like the river, I've been running. Ever since it's been a long, a long time coming, but I know a change gonna come. Oh, yes, it will. It's been too hard living, but I'm afraid to die. Cause I don't know what's up there. Beyond the sky. So for thoughts, baby. What's going on, family? How's everyone today? I hope your week has been plentiful, full of blessings, and nothing but wins. Win, 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 win. Yeah. <laughs> I'm your host, Mr. So for Thoughts himself, Slip P. And I have another great episode in store for y'all today. You know, I love to show my appreciation to y'all for all the love and support y'all show. Even though I know a few of y'all probably like, damn, black man, we get it. <laughs> you can never show too much admiration. But I've been getting a lot of wonderful feedback from you guys. People have told me that these episodes have touched them deeply, that they are able to relate to a lot of these subject matters. People have told me that they have cried listening to these episodes and they have told me that if they were having a bad day or in an ill mood, once they played the podcast, their mood completely changed. Music has that same effect with me. No matter my mood, I can find something that relates to what I'm going through and it just relaxes me. It's my therapy. So, when people tell me that the content that I'm creating is helping them in the same way. Man, I'm overwhelmed with joy. That in itself is gratification. It's confirmation that I'm walking in my purpose. This platform was created to do just that. To, to have those conversations that's needed. To build, to heal, and just enjoy being black. This year is moving right along, ain't it? 
We are now in February, which means America is celebrating black history. I say America because black people, we celebrate being black 365. You feel me? And it kicked off with a black quarterback winning the Super Bowl. Congratulations to Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. Mahomes was just the third black quarterback ever in NFL history to achieve this mark. This is a big deal to me because for a long time, the NFL didn't like having black quarterbacks. It was always the narrative that they didn't have a high football IQ, which meant they wasn't smart enough to play the position. If the quarterback could run fast, oftentimes they would try to switch his position to either wide receiver or running back. They were smart enough to run and catch, just not smart enough to be the leader of a team. This was even more glaring a couple years ago when a Texas school superintendent made a comment regarding Houston Texans quarterback Deshaun Watson. The man said, when you need precision, decision-making, you can't count on a black quarterback. Y'all already know he got on the news and apologized and said his comment was a mistake. It wasn't a mistake. You said it. You meant it. Own your shit. His job was in jeopardy, so I believe that's how the apology came about anyway. But despite that imbecile or anybody with that mindset that thinks like that, black quarterbacks such as Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, and Lamar Jackson have not only exceeded traditional quarterback standards, they have revolutionized the position. More teams are now looking for that dual threat quarterback. Salute to those guys and everybody else that's out there exceeding expectations when people said that you couldn't. The Super Bowl ratings was actually up for the first time in four years. They might have Jay-Z to thank for that. As y'all probably know, Jay signed a partnership deal with the NFL last year. And so far, it seems to be working. NFL ratings are back up. And supposedly, Jay has gotten the NFL to donate $400,000 to two charities that help local at-risk youth in Chicago. The donations are being held through the Inspire Change program. And the NFL is supposed to continue this program in every city that there's an NFL team. And not only that, Jay has gotten them to commit $100 million to criminal justice reformers right, um, as well. Hmm, pretty impressive. But anytime something good happens, negativity is somewhere lurking. So apparently, Jay-Z and Beyonce is under heavy criticism for sitting down during the national anthem at the Super Bowl. If you seen the video, Bob and Susan also was sitting down right in front of them as well. But I guess since it's the Carters, it's big news. Jay cleared up the incident at the inaugural Sean Carter lecture at Columbia University with Jelani Cobb. Jay said they wasn't trying to make a statement, but they was caught up in the show, in the performance. Beyonce was going through the emotions as an entertainer in that moment, and Jay was working trying to 
make sure the sound and everything was perfect. And he also added that Blue Ivy was also with them, so they would never involve her in no protest. A lot of people um was mad that Jay apologized or that or maybe they found out he wasn't protesting and they got mad. I don't know, but people got mad at it. But even so, it still left a bad taste in my mouth that people was criticizing them for sitting down and one of the people's Wendy Williams. Her goofy ass made a statement saying, I don't know about you and your country might be in a bad way, but there's no place I'd rather live than America. She also went on to say, Beyonce, I love my Ivory part, but you understand that all eyes were on you. You should have stood up. If you don't like our country, then she left the statement unfinished, but insinuating that they should move somewhere else or go back to Africa. But before I seen this foolishness, a co-worker of mine who is European-American made a similar post, and I quote, he said, well, what you expect from two Satan worshipers? If they don't love our flag, then they can get the hell out of America and go to a country where they can sit their sorry ass down and just stay there. <laughs> he had stayed there in all caps, so he must really meant business when he said that part and stay there. <laughs> so let me ask this. So if people don't stand for a flag or a song, then they shouldn't be in this country? Land of the free, huh? Then he later commented and said that his statement had nothing to do with race, but the disrespect that it showed towards soldiers who fought to keep this country safe and free. He has a black girlfriend and black friends. I don't know why that's always their go-to line. That I have black friends line or I have a black girlfriend. Now that shit supposed to mean something. Hell, slave owners enjoyed the sweetness of a black woman as well. And they still was racist. I'm not saying he is racist because that's something that's hard to get off your name once it's there. It's like somebody saying you're a snitch or you got that shit. AIDS. Even if you prove it not to be true, people will still have it in the back of their minds and second-guess themselves from dealing with you. So, I won't put that on him just yet, but his statement is definitely eye-opening. I try not to consume myself with that type of negativity, but the more I tried to ignore it, the more I thought about it. It kept eating at me. It was something I couldn't shake, so I knew I had to address it somehow just to be able to move on from it. But, but me and the dude has always been cool. We got a good relationship and I never once had an issue with him. So when I seen his post, it took me back a little bit. I was shocked that he was saying these things. So now I'm like, oh, motherfucker, that's how you really feel? Really? I wanted to say something so bad, but... I know if I would have come in, then things would have escalated and things would have went left. 
I was too heated. But I also learned that you shouldn't react or, something, or say things out of anger. And I'm glad I didn't lash out because it gave me time to collect my thoughts and put things in perspective. I understand people have a difference in opinions when it comes to the flag and standing for the national anthem. But once you suggest people go to another country, preferably Africa, and that's, that's when it becomes a problem to me. Wendy Williams is just out of touch with her lost ass. But this man clearly doesn't empathize and definitely don't understand what it means to be black in America. Obviously, he's very patriotic and he sees the flag and the anthem as holy symbols. He has every right. Hell, his skin color gives him every privilege that shit comes with. His ancestors stole this land they call America and then came to Africa and stole our ancestors. But they had a nerve to always say, go back like we came over this motherfucker on our own. I don't get that. They stole our ancestors from their homeland, brought them over here. They built this place up to where it's at. And now we need to go back where we from. <laughs> no, motherfucker. Y'all robbing ass need to go back where y'all from. But check this. A few activists like Marcus Garvey fought for black people to have their own land away from the Caucasian race. The government denied it. So evidently, they didn't want us to leave. Then he had the nerve to say Satan worshippers like their asses ain't the real devils. Just evil. Like old boy from Reading Rainbow said, don't take my word for it. Look around you and study history. He also mentioned that the soldiers were fighting to keep us safe and free. Man, the government is using the military to fight for all. They are trying to bully other countries out of their resources. It's not about freedom and safety. It's about money and all. It always has been. Jesus said on oh, my president is black. Be all you can be. Now that not sound like some dumb shit. When you die of a cruel all as black as my nigga boo. These so-called patriots are getting mad at people for not standing for a song or saluting a flag when they need to focus that same energy on their precious government. They're the real terrorists right along with other white supremacists. Most of us will never see eye to eye on this issue. But having the willingness to understand another person's viewpoint could at least make it for a mutual understanding. The flag and the anthem is seen as symbols of oppression, injustice, slavery, racist to many black people. So why would we stand and honor that? The whole protest was about bringing awareness to police brutality and injustice. Not to disrespect the men and women who are serving in the military. The same ones who uphold these issues are the same ones who are trying to change the narrative of the protest. But the thing about it is, this wouldn't even be an issue if the media never tried to make a big story out of Kaepernick sitting down. 
The media is keeping this bullshit going. There's a saying, whoever controls the media controls the minds. Stop letting the media push their narratives and open your third eye. It's Black History Month, so I want to shed a light on a few things. Carter G. Woodson and Permanent Minister Jesse E. Moreland founded the Association for the Study of the Negro Life and History, an organization dedicated to researching and promoting achievements by black Americans and other people of African descent. The group sponsored a National Negro History Week in 1926 choosing the second week of February to coincide with the birthdays of Abraham Lincoln and Frederick Douglass. The event inspired schools and communities nationwide to organize local celebrations, establish history clubs, and host performances and lectures. By the late 1960s, thanks in part to the Civil Rights Movement and the growing awareness of Black identity, Negro History Week had evolved into Black History Month on many college campuses. President Gerald Ford officially recognized Black History Month in 1976, calling upon the public to honor the accomplishments of Black Americans in every area of endeavor throughout our history. But the school systems like to start teaching our history at slavery. They talk about slavery. People like Harriet Tubman, who they may seem like was just a sweet lady who led slaves through the Underground Railroad. <laughs> Shit. Moses? Moses carried a pistol and would bust your ass with it if a slave thought about turning back and jeopardizing the lives of other slaves. She was a warrior, a spy, a woman that showed tremendous courage and strength. The school system also taught about Frederick Douglass, Booker T. Washington, and people like that. They don't teach about the Nat Turners, the ones who revoked and fought back. They teach about civil rights activists such as Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, Rosa Parks, Jesse Jackson, Thurgood Marshall, but they don't mention Marcus Garvin. Helen Selassie, Huey P. Newton, Fred Hampton, Bobby Seale, Stokely Carmichael, or the rest of the Black Panther members. They don't mention how the um, Black Panther Party was started to protect black communities from police brutality, to aid the communities with free breakfast for kids who went to school hungry because their family couldn't afford to keep food in the house, how they set up health clinics for ones without insurance or had they had education programs to teach the adults and also help them get jobs. They teach about George Washington Carver and his inventions with peanuts, but they don't teach about Louis Latimer who invented the carbon filter that goes into light bulbs. Or about Garrett Morgan who invented the gas mask. 
Frederick McKinley, who invented the refrigerated trucks. The list goes on and on and on about great black inventors, scientists, mathematicians, leaders. But our history didn't start with slavery. We were great long before that. We had people like Musa Kita the Furs, also known as Mansa Musa, Kings of Kings, was the emperor of the West African Mali Empire in the 14th century CE, and also one of the wealthiest men who ever lived. You had Shaka Zulu, who was the fierce warrior and led the Zulu nation. At the height of his reign, he ruled over 250,000 people and commanded more than 50,000 warriors. He was more than just a skilled warrior and a great leader. He also was a skilled diplomat. You had Askil the Great, the king of the Sangai Empire, who was a military commander and political reformer. He encouraged learning and literacy, and so he created many schools and established Islam throughout his empire. There were also great women rulers, like Queen Amina, who ruled Zazu, and also was a great warrior. Candace, the Empress of Ethiopia, who also was a great military mind and leader. Alexander the Great was scared to invade Ethiopia during her reign because she led such a fierce army. There was Queen Zinga, who was the queen of Ndongo and Matamba kingdoms. She was most known for defeating the Portuguese and rescuing slaves and giving them the safe haven within her kingdom. She was Harriet Tubman before Harriet Tubman. She also was a great warrior and the leader of an army. Of course, I'm giving a quick rundown, but our history is filled with so much greatness. I'm so proud to be of African descent. Y'all probably can hear the excitement in my voice as I talk about our history. We can't afford to rely on the school systems and the government to teach our youth their history. They're just going to whitewash it and water it down. Black history is not only to celebrate those from decades ago, but also to acknowledge and give people their roses now. I know everybody probably know many people who have made a difference in your community. Show your appreciation to all those people for all they contributed to move our people forward. Happy Black History Month. It's the beginning of the month, so you know what that means. It's time for the book of the month. Since it's Black History Month, and we talked about the founder of the celebration, this month's book is The Miseducation of the Negro by Carter G. Woodson. In this book, Mr. Woodson identifies the problems that plague African-American social development. He talks about how many downplay their blackness to achieve success, how many African-Americans receive poor education due to schools being underfunded? How educated blacks refuse to reach back to pull up other black people? And how our history has been whitewashed? This book will definitely open your mind and bring clarity to many questions you may have regarding our stance in America. 
a very good book and I encourage you all to go read it. This week album of the week comes from Atlanta-based rapper by the name of Russ. Russ' latest album, Shake the Snow Globe, is this week's album of the week. This album is an album you can put in and listen from start to finish. A nice vibe if you're chilling around the house or taking a drive with your old lady or man around town. Russ talks about his girl's problems, how he's not satisfied with where he's at in life and he wants to do and accomplish more. He vents about life and how he uses drinking to deal with it on songs like Shots. An overall great album. He also has features from artists such as Rick Ross, Benny the Butcher, Devin the Dude, and a few more. I recommend everyone take time and go check this one out. As usual, I had a great time even though I had to get a few things off my chest this week. Don't forget to tell your family and friends to download, subscribe, and share Sofa Thoughts Podcast. Remember to look right, and if you see an arrow, plus sign, or cloud, to double tap and download this episode. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Sofa Thoughts Podcast. And until next time, keep those thoughts soulful. Love. <laughs>